support for this podcast comes from Staffing Future. Nowadays, your recruitment website needs to do more than just validate your business. Websites are your digital front door, where new clients and great talent should come knocking. So do you want your recruitment website to stand out from the crowd, generate new business leads and placement revenue? If that's a yes, then talk to Staffing Future, the recruitment website and technology experts. Get a free website and technology stack review and competitor analysis today. Just visit staffingfuture.com slash rules. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. Welcome to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles. With me, your host, James Whitelock. You can't look at a new piece of tech without seeing the words artificial intelligence. But before AI comes automation and integration. Talking to me this week is James Lawton, Sales Director from Target Recruit. James and I discuss what recruitment agencies need to do to prepare their business for AI, what to avoid, and what is the key to getting it right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast. And today I am joined by James Lawton from Target Recruit. Now, if anybody's listening and they've not come across Target Recruit, well, where have you been? Um, and if you've not come across James, uh, well, you need to because um, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a master at kind of uh, integration and automation uh, at Target Recruit. Uh, and today we're going to talk a little bit around that. Uh, and a little bit around kind of artificial intelligence as well. But first off, James, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of background about yourself and um, and a little bit about Target Recruit? Well, a bit of a scary podium you put me on there, I think, James, calling me a master of automation and integration. I, I must call out the caveat that I have very, very technical people behind me that really know what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm an ex-recruiter. I cut my teeth, as they say, in IT contract recruitment some 15 years ago now. Uh, I've worked in and around the space ever since uh, the last 10 years in varying forms of tech sales within the recruitment space uh, and the last five years specifically selling recruitment CRM and ATS solutions. Uh, I joined Target Recruit in 2019 to help launch European operations, although we did have uh, some customers in the UK and EMEA um, prior to that. But yeah, we're a recruitment CRM and ATS on the Salesforce platform, so uh, very much an enterprise tool. Um, and how has uh, business in the UK and Europe, uh, uh, and kind of globally, how has um, it been during this kind of past year during kind of COVID? Have we have you seen a kind of an uptake in people kind of moving to this type of technology? Um, people kind of showing more interest. How how kind of generally is the is the market at the moment for you? Do you think? Do you feel? Well, 2020 was definitely challenging. And there is, of course, um, a big focus for companies to review their tech at the moment with what happened with everybody moving to a work from home model. Uh, companies that have old sort of legacy based systems is definitely raised a few questions for them. Um, a lot of a lot of prospective customers we were talking to have actually put their reviews on hold and, and are now picking them up again as, as people have become more settled. I think there was a lot of firefighting initially. Um, it's interesting because although we are very much a cloud-based tool, 
um, reviewing, depending on the size of your business, but generally reviewing your your recruitment CRM and ATS. It's it's not a small project. Um, I know that some of our partners in the space, um, people that do video interviewing, that kind of thing, that they, they saw a massive surge in um, in sales through 2020. Luckily, we we still had incoming business both in the US and over here. We we bought on new logos and um, throughout the last year, but. I think as we started this year, we saw a definite increase both in terms of, of um, new inquiries, but also uh, those old projects that, that had been temporarily mothballed um, have been picked up again. So, yeah, there seems to be a lot of um, a lot of activity at the moment, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that um, that people are now starting to kind of loosen the purse strings and starting to. And that just shows a little bit of confidence in the market, doesn't it, really? Yeah, well, I think a lot of businesses are thinking, well, okay, we, we've got people working from home now. The hope is, of course, that by summer, maybe autumn, people are going to be starting to move back more into the offices. Um, but how are we going to take advantage of the uh, the recruitment market coming back? Because um, I think anybody that's reading the news or certainly industry publications will see that there is more activity uh, at the moment. I'm not sure exactly when this will be aired, but um, 16th of March today, yesterday, S3, uh, who are, of course, a, a very well-known large recruitment business in the UK, uh, reported that their Q1 for 2021 uh, matched that of Q1 2020, which was beyond management expectations. I think that was either in, in the recruiter or uh, SIA publication. So, yeah, I, I think um, anybody in this space or anybody that's been in this space for a while knows that recruitment is kind of the canary in the coal mine. It's the first thing to get hit when times are hard, any kind of uh, economic hit or recession, um, but it's the first thing to, to bounce back again. So I think it's very positive that, that we're seeing uh, the numbers raising again in terms of number of inquiries, number of um, positions that recruiters uh, are working on, et cetera. Um, yeah, it all looks kind of uh, quite positive for the rest of the year. So let's have a chat about um, artificial intelligence, automation, and integration. Um, so many recruitment firms are going to be kind of enticed these days by kind of artificial intelligence. It's everywhere. We can't kind of turn a corner without kind of seeing it. Um, uh, and they're enticed by the kind of potential benefits to their business. But there are steps that recruitment firms need to get right before they go down that route. In your experience, what are these kind of steps that recruiters need to kind of have in place before they kind of go down the the AI um, route? Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting one, actually, because it's a conversation we've been having for a few years. I did some presentations back in 2019 about artificial intelligence. Our, our product has as um, the listeners may or may not be aware, is built on the Salesforce platform. Um, and Salesforce have their own AI tools. And I, I gave a talk about that in Dublin, I think it was May 2019. But there, the, the other AI, so the, the, the automation and integration piece absolutely needs to come first. And, and also, it's not just about having your tech stack right. It's also about having the management of your data. It's about having the, the controls over the quality of, of your data. Because 
AI as we know it today, it, it's very vertical, it's very linear, it's, it's AI can do very specific things. It's not like human intelligence that is going to think outside the box. It's, it's going to do what you ask it to do. Um, and in order to, to get anything mean, meaningful out of it, you need to have the right data, you need to have clean data. So yes, automation and integration so that your tech stack is actually joined up so that you don't have siloed data. But then you need to think about, well, what, what is the data that is in our recruitment CRM? What data is feeding through to the, the back office? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of recruitment agencies have have built up very big databases over time. And if you actually go in and, and look at the contact details for an individual, are they even going to be up to date or relevant? And obviously, with GDPR, a lot of businesses have reviewed that. Um, but but I think there's a long way to go still before most recruitment agencies will really be able to take advantage of of true artificial intelligence in any meaningful way. Um. It is that old adage, uh, and I'm going to swear now that they're kind of shit in, shit out, isn't it? And there's, there's, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it still kind of feels like that when you're kind of talking to some recruitment businesses, and 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 by their own kind of um, admission as well that, you know, it can be difficult to kind of get that first step right. Um, so why not take that out of their hands, right? This kind of, you know. Yeah, on, on another way to word it might be quality in, quality out. But yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with you there, James. On on uh, whichever way you say it but yeah so so the other piece around this and and again there's there's automation that can help with that data there's there's handing over the gathering of the data to the candidates and doing it in an intelligent way that can help with the data because nobody knows their information like they do Um, but then then you don't want to you don't want to be requesting too much data at once, so you want to segment how you request that data from them. But when it comes to the actual recruiter, you want to be incentivizing the recruiter to put the right data in the system. I mean, if, if I think back, and as I say, it's going back some 15 years, I used to sit by the fax machine on a Friday afternoon waiting for my for my timesheets to come through from my contractors, how things have changed. But um if I made a placement and I'd be asked to report on where did I find that candidate and it could be a week later or even a month later, I, I wouldn't remember. And I'd, I'd just select whatever the, the top listing job board was. Um, so you, you've got to think about how do we incentivize recruiters to put the right information into the system at the right time in a way that is going to be beneficial to them and not for the recruiter to think, well, this doesn't help me or I'll, I'll do it later uh, when I've got time. Because as, as we all are in sales and recruitment, none of us are the best admin people. So you've got to think about that process of, of getting them to put the right data into the system. So you talk about um, incentivizing the recruiters to kind of to to for that kind of get that data into right. And do you have any an example of how they how an agency might go about doing that? Well, it's often in the way that you actually set up the processes and the steps that they have to take. So um, partly, again, it does come down to that automation integration piece, because if you've got that fully automated uh, tech stack, fully integrated tech stack, then when they are putting a candidate forward for a position, they're doing it within the systems rather than sending an email with with a CV attached that was on their desktop and then updating it in in the recruitment CRM. If it's all part of a well-defined process, 
then they will be entering the data in order to submit it rather than it being an afterthought. Um, that's, that's great because that kind of brings me on to my next point, which is what are the main differences between automation integration and artificial intelligence in terms of kind of recruitment technology and how does that impact on the day-to-day function of, of, of an agency? Well, so, so when we're talking about artificial intelligence, I mean, it, it can be a whole host of, of different things, um, but it's, it's really around the data and what you're doing with that data in terms of reporting for insight um, and, and then taking action as a result of, of that insight. Whereas with the automation and integration piece, it, it's making sure that you've really got um, one, one source of truth because whichever system you're looking in, that the data is going to be the same. So many businesses will take their recruitment CRM as that source of truth, um, and then they have everything integrated via the recruitment CRM. That's the cornerstone, essentially, to your recruitment tech stack. Um, If you have siloed information, then then you have to, if if you're not ready to fully automate and integrate, then you have to decide what is that source of truth. But but then you're going to have data in other systems that's not going to match that. Hmm. And and I don't, I don't know if that properly answers your question there. Yeah, no, no. I think I you know it's it's. I mean, it's not. A, there's no simple answer, is there? To a certain extent, you know. Um, and I would imagine that there are recruiters and recruitment agencies that are better at doing this in part of the process than other parts of the process. So it's not one simple answer to to how that affects your kind of day-to-day running because I, there, there can be parts of the process that can be kind of automated probably quite easily and other parts that take a little bit of time to kind of to to integrate. Um, so, yeah, I think you kind of answered it as well as, as well as we can without kind of having a live example in front of us, really. <clears throat> Um, which is kind of brings me on to my kind of next question is, is why is automation integration necessary for successful AI uh, delivery and deployment? Well, so again, it's, it's coming back to how can you gather that intelligence? And unless you've got all of that data accessible to whatever the AI tools are that you're using, and the best way to do that is to have it in, in one place. And again, normally you're talking about your recruitment CRM. Um, unless it's unless it's all easily accessible to those AI tools, then you're not going to get any meaningful um, data out of it. But but coming back to um, what I mentioned earlier about that, there are different tools here. So to to give an example, a lot of people will be looking at AI in order to make predictions. Um, and and there's a, a very important thing you need to think about here, which when you're looking at predictions, correlation is not necessarily causation. Um, just because you're finding a pattern doesn't mean that that is going to enable you to, to properly predict what's going to happen. Um, but it's it's like using any, any kind of reports. It's just giving you a step in the right direction, giving you a better understanding of what's happening so you can make your best informed guess. But you're never going to be able to do any of this with, without the clean data. But that, that's one kind of vertical within AI. Um, but then you've got things, and, and this is what's quite exciting to me, like the neuro-linguistic programming. So um, we don't actually have it within our tool yet, but it will be coming because Salesforce have done it. So as I say, our tool is built on the Salesforce platform, a very, very big company, spends a lot of money on, on R&D. 
And it's the kind of thing, so if I pick up my phone, I've got an Apple phone. If I say, hey, Siri, and give it a, a message, it will take an action. It can write a text message for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got the Amazon Echo Dot. This kind of functionality is what we're going to see more and more of in our lives in, in every aspect, in business, at home. Um, and we're going to sit in our recruitment tools as well. So the kind of thing that you'll be able to do in future is rather than having to type everything out, you'll be able to say to your phone or whatever device, make this placement, update it at this um, rate. Uh, they're on this daily rate and they're starting on this date, six month contract, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're not there yet. I've, I've not seen any any recruitment tech that is doing that yet. I have seen it from Salesforce at, um, at their UK uh, Dreamforce event last year. They showed, I, I forget who it was, it was a UK shirt um, business, and they were already implementing that there. So that's that's the kind of place some of these tools are, are taking us, which I think is, yeah, I don't know about you, but I find that quite exciting because I, I hate typing <laughs> <laughs> do you think that do you think we are ready for that kind of voice integration and voice kind of um uh yeah that that voice assisted kind of kind of workflow um i know we kind of use it with our own kind of home uh devices in a minute just to ask you know our our home assistant to play some something from Spotify, or or you know schedule a, a you know sort of calendar update or something like that. But actually talking to them to kind of uh, and process sophisticated kind of actions like update this at the same time and and give them a string of kind of of uh, of of um, tasks. Do you think that at one as as recruiters are we ready for that? And generally, are we ready for for that? Well, I, I think we're on the way there. I, I think the fact that nobody has launched it yet, we're probably not quite ready. I, I think you'd be, you'd want to be very mindful when that kind of technology is put in front of you that you have the right checks and balances in place. Because I'm sure you've had this. I certainly do. You ask Alexa for a song, it doesn't always play the right one. You give Siri a command, it doesn't always type the right text message. Mm-hmm. So I think used sensibly it will be a big time saver because it is much faster to give a, a directive um, by, by voice than it is by, by typing something out. But you just want to make sure you, um, you you double check it before you click submit, I guess. Um, and uh, with regards to kind of uh, AI and automation integration, can you, is it, is it, is it definitive the way round that you do that? Okay, so we've talked about that it definitely has to be kind of automation integration first, then comes the AI. If businesses are out there and they've been kind of won over by kind of a new piece of AI tech and they put the AI in first, can you then kind of retrofit in other kind of processes into that? Or does it have to be um, uh, artificial in, uh, automation integration first, then the AI? No, I think it just makes sense generally to do the automation and integration piece first. Um, if you've got, let, let's say you've got some back-end processes that for whatever reason are not integrated yet, and you've bought some AI intelligence um, that, that helps you in the front end, and you think it's going to really drive your business forward, um, that, that it's going to give you market-leading edge or something, then then sure, why not? Um, but in, in reality, I think that the AI tools are not quite where we need them to be yet. 
to certainly in recruitment to to make that big leap forward um, before you've again automated and integrated and looked at the quality of your data and that that's the most important piece I, I would say it doesn't matter as much if automation and integration comes be before artificial intelligence what matters most is the quality of your data yeah um, that, that's what always come first yeah no that makes um complete sense um and kind of beyond beyond that what is the kind of the single biggest piece of advice you'd give to recruitment firms looking to bring in uh artificial intelligence possibly without going down the automation integration route kind of first i i would think about your processes within your business and what intelligence as in human intelligence sits where and what data sits where do you do you have the data being shared across your business amongst your people properly um, in the system or, or out of the system? Because all, all we're really talking about when we talk about um, certainly the automation piece is just a more efficient processing method than doing it manually. And if you've got, we, we've talked about data, but if you've got inefficient processes, all you're doing by automating those is having much faster, much more scalable, bad processes. So you, you need to think about what those processes are and how that data is being shared first before you then look to scale it. And and thinking beyond uh, AI, what are the wider benefits of automation and integration to uh, recruitment businesses? Sorry, say that again. Thinking beyond AI. So thinking beyond uh, AI, what are the wider benefits of automation and integration to recruitment businesses? Um, well, it's, it's coming back to that scalability um, piece. So where you are able to automate processes, you're, you're just going to be able to do more. You're going to, to have more coverage. Um, it's, it's like the difference between um, putting putting an advert out in a newspaper versus putting an advert out on on a, a job board you you're just going to get a much faster and more efficient process going and are there any other considerations in terms of the right tech stack which recruiters might need to kind of be bearing in mind at this minute yeah, and I think the 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 most important thing, if if you're thinking about automation and integration, the the most important thing is to think: Does whatever solution I'm I'm looking at, whether it be your recruitment CRM, whether it be video interviewing, um, or or any number of marketing tools, etc., do they have open APIs? Because whether or not they're in an existing marketplace, uh, whether they integrate with one or two other tools, if they've got open APIs, um, then, then the world is your oyster. And, and it doesn't matter then which bit of your tech stack you may swap out in future, um, because with open APIs, you, you can integrate. If they don't have open APIs, so if, you, if you've made the decision on a recruitment CRM, and you've then hooked up your VoIP and your video interview and your marketing tools um, and, and your SMS, but then actually one piece of it isn't working and you go out to market to find something better. If it's not then got those existing integrations and it doesn't have open APIs, 
well, then, then you're stuck with the tech stack that, that you put in place already. Um, James, that's been some uh, some great advice, and I'm sure everybody listening um, is going to be wanting to kind of uh, scratching at their email to kind of get hold of you. So um, just, just before we wrap up, I'm just going to say to everybody that if they want to get hold of, you, hold of James, all of his, his details will be in the show notes. James is also going to return um, for the Marketing Rules Extra, where we'll get his top three tips, which will be released uh, on, our, on our future podcast. But for now, uh, James, that has been uh, absolutely amazing and fascinating. Um, thank you very much. Good to see you, James. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Marketing Rules podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. I've been your host, James Whitelock, and I hope you can join me and more amazing guests next time. Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.